Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, guys. We are so excited for you to join us. This is Robert and Brady. We just finished uh, the second episode of Healthy Voices Radio with Alicia M. Bridges. Uh, she shared about her life with psoriasis and, and her story and, and really inspired others. You have to check it out. Brady, what were your, uh, your favorite parts? I have to tell you, Alicia is such an amazing individual. Uh, she is bringing to light like all of the conditions that, and, and things that I saw my brother deal with um, growing up. And she, the way she tells it is so eloquent and so relatable. And she always has also a little comedic twist in there. And she just is a brilliant human being. And I'm so glad that we just got to have the, the time to, to highlight a little bit of psoriasis. Yeah, it was definitely awesome, and I think my one of my favorite parts was when she talked about her self-care, and she spoke about, one, going skydiving, but also doing a 24-hour reset, putting our phone down. How hard is that as, as individuals living in 2019 to put down your cell phone for 24 hours and disconnect? It's It's got to be such a great way to reset and really take care of yourself. Treat yourself that day. That's what I took away today. Yes, absolutely. I agree, and, and what I really also enjoyed and and I'm also I'm going to be thinking about more is the mental impact and, and thinking about how with living with a, a a condition in which is visible to the rest of society how that how that really does you know have a huge impact on your mental health and it just makes me respect her and admire her even more for being able to overcome that that stigma and and being able to face society on a day-to-day basis. Um, I'm just in awe of her right now. I'm in absolute awe. Yeah, this is definitely an episode you don't want to miss, so go ahead and take a listen and tell us what you think. Uh, Follow us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, follow Healthy Voices. Have a great night. You are listening to Healthy Voices Radio, where you will hear podcasts featuring stories from our Healthy Voices family, hosted by amazing advocates, Interviewing amazing advocates. Now, here's your Healthy Voices Radio host talking all things health related, Robert Brining and Brady Dale Morris. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Healthy Voices Radio. This is our second episode. We are so excited to be here. I am your host, Robert Brighting, and of course, I'm always joined by the fabulous Brady Dalmaris. Hey, Brady, how are you? I'm good, Robert. How are you doing tonight? Uh, I am doing great. It's so good to hear your voice. I miss you. It's good to hear your voice as well, sir. Um, so let's get right into this. I'm so excited about our guests this evening. Our, so let's uh, get some of the housework keeping out of the way. Healthy Voices Radio is produced and sponsored by Jansen, the founder of Healthy Voices, a groundbreaking leadership conference created exclusively to empower online health advocates. For more information on Healthy Voices, please visit HealthyVoices.com and follow us on 
Twitter at Healthy Voices and Instagram also at Healthy Voices. Also, to get some of the other uh, housekeeping issues out of the way, uh, some disclaimers real quick. If you need medical advice or have questions about your treatment or condition, we urge you to speak with your doctor as we cannot provide medical advice. As a reminder for regulatory guidelines, we are not permitted to discuss any medications or products during today's episode, so we will not be um, mentioning those. Information we post will be shared in public capacity. Also, um, we will not be sharing or speaking, sharing any personal information of any other people not included in today's podcast. And last but not least, Jansen paid for us to host and produce this podcast, so all opinions are our own. Um, And with that said, Robert, let's talk about our guest this evening. I'm so excited. I am so excited. This evening we are joined by Alicia M. Bridges, and she is a health advocate, uh, psoriasis uh, advocate, public speaker, comedian enthusiast, lover of fashion, and is just a beautiful human being inside and out. Um, you know, Healthy Voices is kind of what this is all about, continuing the conversation after the conference. You know, the conference is starting to come up now. Uh, this is where I met uh, Alicia. I think it was maybe, I think, the three years ago or two years ago. I forget if it was the first time or the second one. But I know, um, you know, she's really involved in the conference it, itself. Now she does the Healthy Voices Live and uh, with Josh Robbins. And she's just an amazing individual. I mean, if you and funny, you know, my favorite part about Alicia is when she does the open mic night. When she hosted it the one time, it was off the chain. She had everybody laughing on their feet. Oh, please help us welcome the beautiful Alicia Bridges to the show. Hello, Alicia. Wow, what an intro. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me on the show. We're so excited. We are so excited. Yes. Yes. So, listen, Alicia, um, before we start, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about the Healthy Voices Conference. It's, it's actually the applications are open now until November 18th. So, if you're interested and uh, possibly attending, uh, go to healthyvoices.com and check out the information on the out an app. But tell me about your Healthy Voices experience and, and what it's been like for you to, to kind of be a part of that amazing tribe. Yes, so I think I've been going to the Healthy Voices Conference for the last three or four years now. And it's one of my favorite conferences to attend because it covers all disease states. So typically when I go to conferences, it's just people there with psoriasis, but the Healthy Voices Conference um, gives you the opportunity to interact with individuals from all disease states. So I absolutely love it. It's probably one of the only times I get to see my friends from like the HIV community or the diabetes community. So I always look forward to attending the Healthy Voices Conference. And now that I'm involved with it, uh, with Josh and doing the live, um, it's even more motivation to, to get to the conference and to meet new people and to have a new experience. Yes. Well, and then we said Yes, that's it's like you said. That is, it's a it's a great experience. And you said psoriasis is what actually led you to Healthy Voices. Let's for our listeners, what is psoriasis? So psoriasis is an autoimmune disease that affects the skin. Um, basically, those of us living with the condition have an overreactive immune system, so our body is creating skin cells that we don't actually need. And a person who doesn't have the condition, your skin cells 
reproduce and then flake off within 28 days and you never really even notice it. Um, but for someone with psoriasis, um, that process is happening within three days and our bodies don't have enough time to flake off the dead skin. So that dead skin builds as inflamed plaques on the surface of good skin. Um, so typically with psoriasis, you would see like really flaky, inflamed cracks and, and dry skin. So I have plaque psoriasis, and I've dealt with it for the last two decades. Wow. See, Alicia, and something like one of the reasons why I was so drawn to you at Healthy Voices and seeing you as a psoriasis advocate is, uh, and I haven't got to really talk to you about this before, is because my brother is living with psoriasis. And oh, growing wow. up, growing up, um, I would see like when he would get out of a recliner, there would be flakes left in the chair. Or if I would run through his bathroom, going to the bathroom in the morning, I could see for, um, I could see a flake, skin of flake during the evening. He had like, there were little blood spots on his bed sheets. And it yeah. just, it broke my heart for him um, growing up, you know, and all of that. But we didn't know that much. We lived in rural northeastern Arkansas. So psoriasis, when they said psoriasis, it was like almost like a like a foreign language. We had no idea what they were talking about. Oh yes, I definitely can relate to that. Um, I would say when I was first diagnosed, which was the early nineties, um, a lot of people hadn't heard about psoriasis. It was definitely no advertisement about it and you know, nothing in magazines and so it really was foreign and nobody understood what it was. Um, I remember being in grade school and when someone would inquire about what was on my skin, I would say psoriasis and then they would look at me all crazy. So I started lying and saying that it was eczema because everybody was familiar with that and I didn't get the awkward stare afterwards. So now we move, you know, 20 years later and psoriasis is definitely um, a lot more known than it was when I was growing up. Absolutely, it's definitely. Not to age myself, but that's that's the same time period that I'm talking about is is uh in the 90s. But I was like, yeah, a teenager at the time. So, <laughs> yeah, that's funny, Alicia. Tell us about your diagnosis because you were young. You were seven years old. Do you what yeah, do you remember? So, so I remember um having chicken pox, and at that time. Uh, my grandmother, I was raised by my grandparents, so I ended up getting chicken pox. My grandmother had to go out of town for her mother's funeral, so it was just a really crazy, chaotic time. And after my chicken pox went away, my grandmother noticed that the scars that you typically get from chicken pox from scratching, it looked like they uh -huh. were transforming into something else. Um, so uh, my skin was very flaky and inflamed and I had these spots everywhere and so she took me to the dermatologist they surveyed my skin and determined that I had psoriasis now hindsight is always 2020 um I had always had really dry patches of skin on my elbows and knees but we just thought I was ashy we didn't think that I had an autoimmune disease <laughs> so how did you how was how was like how did the diagnosis happen? You went to the doctors and, and and what was it like? Um, so of course with me being seven, I 
could hardly pronounce the rises, let alone really, let alone understand really understand. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so let me let me was. rephrase it. Um, let me rephrase it then. So, what was um, what was it like when you, I guess, were able to realize what was like? Well, I guess when your when your grandparents um, sat you down and you were at the age to understand what exactly the situation was. So I feel like I really started to become aware when I was like in the fifth grade and I had a swim class and I had to put I had to put on a swimsuit and everybody was, you know, questioning my psoriasis and then that was a time where girls started liking boys and boys started liking girls and, you know, you start having crushes on people and uh beauty standards started you started to feel pressure from that. So that is when I realized that I was different and I didn't necessarily fit the mold of the typical beauty standards because I didn't have flawless skin. So I remember that that being an isolating time and me starting to hide. Like before the fifth grade, I think I was still like wearing shorts and short sleeves. But once I hit middle school, I definitely was covering up and I was really uncomfortable with the condition of my skin. And at this time, I was 90% covered. So, you know, that's something to consider as well. It wasn't just a spot here and there. Like, my body was literally covered with it. Well, Alicia, are they, is the onset of the signs of psoriasis, are they, are they the same for everybody, or, or can they be different? Um, the severity can be different, but for the most part, people with psoriasis will see in some form um, flaky, dry patches of skin. Everybody is different. Um, one thing is if you don't have it that severely, people assume that it's just dry skin or that it's, it, it's nothing that serious. And it's not until they have a really bad flare and they go to the dermatologist and then they realize, oh, okay, I have an autoimmune disease. Um, something else that psoriasis is commonly misdiagnosed uh self-misdiagnosis is scap psoriasis, the dandruff. So a lot of people assume that they have dandruff when really it's uh, scap psoriasis and it's not until they experience flares on other parts of their body that they're able to put two and two together and they realize that they have an autoimmune disease. I see. And I just heard you mention a different type of psoriasis. So there's different types of psoriasis then. Yes, yeah, so there's like five or six different types of psoriasis. Um, you have scab psoriasis, nail psoriasis, pustular psoriasis. Um, there's another psoriasis that I can't pronounce, but it it does not have characteristics of like flaky, dry skin. Your skin gets really red, itchy, and inflamed, but there's not like flakiness, and usually it covers a large, significant part of your body. Um, you also have gulp tape psoriasis, which uh, looks similar to, like, bug, bug bites. So it's less placky and more of, like, single spots of psoriasis. The most common okay. form is the plaque. Um, and then some people can have multiple forms of psoriasis. Gotcha. Hmm. So let Very me interesting. You this, you know, one of the things earlier that you mentioned was that you were 90% covered. So is is it something that um, I guess expands as as you get older, or or as so, you have it at longer? So everybody is different. Um, 
the fact that I was 90% covered is actually uh, rarer um, because a lot of people that I know typically have spots in certain places, but they're not necessarily covered by 90%. For me, without an effective treatment, I'm consistently 90% covered. So like some people with the condition, their psoriasis comes and goes and is contingent upon stress, environmental factors, their diet. Um, but for me, my psoriasis is always there. Um, so everybody is different. Um, some people have really severe breakouts as adolescents, and then as they grow older, they kind of grow out of it. And then some people don't even encounter psoriasis until adulthood. Um, so this disease affects everybody differently, and there's no real way to tell you know, it's no way to predict how it's going to affect one person versus another. Gotcha. That was actually the next question I was going to ask you. Is this something that is generally diagnosed at a younger age and then it progresses? Or is it something that you can go through life, you know, and then, like you said, at, at middle age, come across, you know, being diagnosed? So you kind of answered the, the next question that I had for that. Um, but, no, I think – I think what you do is amazing. So I'm just really excited that you're here with us tonight and, and sharing your story and sharing the hope for all those people. So I'm going to let uh, Brady pick it up uh, for the next note. Thank yeah. You. Um, yeah, Alicia. Um, so you were talking about how you started off in the nineties and I know, you know, from having psoriasis in my, my household, um, the, the evolution kind of, of treatment options available, mm-hmm. um, Mm-hmm. And how you kind of started off back then. I remember back in the day, it would almost I always knew when my brother was was treating his scalp because the whole basement smelled like tar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it was just like, cause, and, and back then it was just all topical ointments. And then I also know that he had like this big UV light like thing, and it wasn't like yes. a standard tanning bed it was one that you would only be in for like 30 seconds at a time yes yes i've dealt with all of those treatments (laughs) and then you even mentioned one too you even went through um something called that i hadn't even heard of an occlusion therapy where you were actually kind of like almost like quarantine or almost in a hospital um so yes that did require a hospital stay um and so Basically, you have to slap your stuff down and tar. You put on pajamas, you wet the pajamas, and then you put on, like, a sweat suit that you typically see people exercise in, and then you're in that suit for eight hours, and then they combine that with phototherapy. And so typically I've done that probably three or four times out of my life, and each time you stay at the hospital anywhere from three to four weeks. Wow. And so now now today, like I said, it's evolved to biologics that you said, you know, like you went from being 90% covered to being a hundred percent cleared. I have gone, um, I have been a hundred percent clear now, not so much. Um, although I am on a treatment that is effective, it's definitely not as effective as I've seen before. And that's the one thing that people have to remember when it comes to psoriasis. Like there are a lot of treatment um, treatments available now that people can use and very effective treatments, but 
you still have psoriasis. So no matter how clear I get until there's a cure, like there's always a worry that my treatment will stop working or uh, what side right. effects will I have to deal with or, you know, will my psoriasis come back or will something go wrong with my insurance? So it's a, it's a never-ending battle when you have a chronic illness like psoriasis. Right, and I want to take the time real quick to remind our listeners that when it comes to treatments, always, always discuss them with your and consult with your doctor about any treatments because um, we are not providing any kind of medical advice. Um, but also, um, in, you said uh, I know the psoriasis starts off as you know um, a dermatolo- dermatological type of, of of disease. Does it progress more than that? Can it be more than that? Is it more than just flaky skin? Yes, definitely. Um, So one of the other conditions that people with psoriasis normally encounter is arthritis, and so it's called psoriatic disease. So that means that you have the psoriasis component as well as the arthritis, which causes inflamed, stiff joints. Um, Most people who have psoriatic disease will have issues in their lower back and their knees, and then in the joints of their um, fingers and toes. And some people even will experience the joint pain um, and not have any signs of the psoriasis initially, and then years later they see the psoriasis and they realize that they didn't just have arthritis, they also had psoriasis, which is psoriatic disease. And so uh, that can be very debilitating um, depending on the severity. Um, For me, I have experienced joint pain is not that severe as of yet, but it's something that I definitely have to um, be aware of and to make sure that I'm on top of everything with my doctor and letting them know what symptoms I'm experiencing. Absolutely. Yep. You know, what are some of the the biggest misconceptions about having psoriasis? So I think the biggest misconception is that it's a skin disease. Um, It is not a skin disease. It's an autoimmune disease that affects the skin. And so the way I like to explain it to people is like um, alopecia is an autoimmune disease that affects the hair follicle. Arthritis is an autoimmune disease that affects the joints and the tendons. And so typically when I say that, people start to understand. Um, A lot of the misconception is that psoriasis is just, just a cosmetic issue. Um, but it's not, it's autoimmune, and when you have something going on with your autoimmune system, it can definitely lead to other diseases, such as cancers or cardiovascular issues. One of the biggest issues is uh, mental health um, in your emotional state, because psoriasis can be very isolating, um, can make you feel really bad about yourself. So those are the things that I feel like people don't understand about the condition. Great point. Yeah, I agree. So tell me a little bit about what made you get into comedy to combat the stigma surrounding psoriasis. Were you always a funny person? Like, were you were you that girl in school that I wanted to hang I out with? Like I, I, yes, I feel like I've always been that um, goofy, lively, fun person. And looking back, um, I probably – Some of that was probably me trying to overcompensate for the fact that I had psoriasis and just trying to direct people's attention to somewhere else and my personality instead. And so I got into comedy a couple of years ago after going to see a friend perform, and I was 
kind of thought to myself, oh, my gosh, I can do that. Um, and so one of my most memorable moments is definitely performing at the Healthy Voices Conference, um, uh, I think, last year. Yeah. And I was just so nervous about my content, and I didn't know if it was going to make people laugh, but it always cracks me up when people come to me, and they're like, oh, my gosh, that was one of my favorite acts of the whole show. <laughs> it always makes me yeah. so good. Girl, you slayed it, because you slayed it. it was, you were so hilarious. <laughs> And talking Thanks about so the way the, and talking about the way you use comedy, one of your videos that I saw um, on on your blog that had me really tickled. You talked about the seven people <laughs> not to see if you're living with or if you're around someone with psoriasis. Can you um, yeah. give us some examples of the people not to be, and uh, so that these so that our listeners won't be those people. <laughs> Okay, so one of the people you do not want to be is a person who um, suggests diet plans. Like, oh, my gosh, I help run the comments of a couple of uh, psoriasis Facebook groups, and people will comment, like, and I'm being, like, very over the top, but it's like, you know, eat goat cheese and turmeric for 12 days and your psoriasis will go away, (laughs) you know? So don't be one of those people because diet it's different for everyone, and what may work for one person may not work for the next. Um, I would say don't be that person who says, oh, all you got to do is use lotion and you'll be fine. Um, because, again, psoriasis is an autoimmune disease. What you see is the outer appearance of the disease, but you don't see what is going on inside of the body. Um, right. So I would say don't be those type of people and if you want to see the rest go to the blog com for those other five people you don't want to be like <laughs> I love it I love it Alicia I'm curious um, how did you uh, one of the other things topics that you discuss quite frequently in your blog and you've already mentioned it to, on today's interview is, is coming to terms with with your diagnosis and that is loving yourself in your own skin. And I love that. I love that that you turn that into your blog title, you know, being me in my own skin. Um, you know, how did you, what, what was that process like for you? How did you learn to, to love Alicia despite such psoriasis? So, um, I think self love is a choice. And I think that is something you have to actively do and show yourself. Um, When we think in terms of love that we give to other people, we think, you know, oh, well, I show them that I love them and I do this and I do that and I sacrifice. But I think we really miss that point when it comes to ourselves. I realized that I was not truly loving myself because I always thought, if I could just get rid of my psoriasis, then I could love myself and embrace who I am and really feel my best self. That's the thought that I had. But then I got this really great treatment, and my psoriasis was 100% gone. And I still was struggling with truly loving myself. So at that point, I just had made up in my mind, no matter what the circumstances are, I'm going to work to love myself, and I do that by showing myself love. I do that through self-care. I'm big on on self-care. 
um, making sure I'm in therapy when I'm feeling low, making sure that I'm doing nice things for myself. I show myself self-love by staying on top of my treatment and advocating for myself and making sure that um, I'm getting the treatment and care that I need from my doctors. I show myself self-love by who I allow into my life and who I allow to have access to me. And those things are really helping me to cultivate love and confidence for myself. But it, it's never ending because some days I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love myself. Oh, this is so amazing. I just love who I am. And then other days I truly struggle. So it's definitely up and down. Well, well, one of the quotes on your blog that really, like, that really touched me and made me stop was, was you said, self-love should be available right now, right as I am. And I just thought that was yeah. so beautiful, and that's it's something, a sentiment that I think a lot of our listeners also struggling with chronic illnesses need to need to kind of be a, a mantra for them. And then also to kind of plug your blog a little bit more too, Alicia, there is also a beautiful story um, in which you speak about a Mother's Day event in which uh, you worked for a radio station and gave a blind yeah. woman a mother. And the story and the lesson around this woman will 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 rock your day. So you have to go to um being being me in my own skin dot com and it's, and read Alicia's love blog that find that out. Cause. I changed it to a um Alicia Embridges dot com. But if they go to being okay. me in my own skin it will redirect them to Alicia Embridges. Okay. All right then go to Alicia Embridges dot com to find out and read about this this story of, of love and acceptance and, and loving who you are. It was it's such a beautiful story. Thank you. I totally agree. And that quote that you said is, you know, that's good for anybody with a with or without a chronic illness, you know, that you should just, you know, self-love should be available right now, right as I am. I mean, that's good for every single human being out there. Um, one, of the, one of the important things that we just touched on was self-care. And I know recently you went skydiving. Can you tell us first how is that? Because I would be so afraid to do that. But what are some of your other uh, self-care practices, you know, things that you do to kind of get yourself back to loving you or, you know, just spending time with yourself? Yes. So um, the skydiving was absolutely amazing. And it's one of the only times that I have truly been present in the moment. Um, I think so better be. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a choice, actually. <laughs> But um, so many times we get stuck in the past. You know, we think about, oh, why well, should have did this different? Even with our conditions, um, so many times we think about the future, and it's like, you know, when is this gonna start working, or when is this gonna happen? But in that moment, like I couldn't think about anything else than jumping out that plane and falling to the ground at 125 miles per hour, and What's funny is it probably was one of the most peaceful moments. Like, I, I wasn't scared. Like, I was scared going up as the plane took off, but once I jumped, like, all fear was gone, even though I hadn't hit the ground yet. Um, so that was a really great and empowering moment for me. Um, but as far as self-care goes, whew, I do a lot of things for self-care. So, for example, um, one Saturday – I turned my phone off for 24 hours, and I went and worked out, and I took myself out to eat, and I went to a cafe, and I people watched, and I just reset, 
Um, I mm. read a, a started and finished a book, and that day was just all about me. Um, I like to do things that make me happy, like going to get my nails done or going to get my feet done. Um, and self-care is also meditating, writing, reflecting on situations and who you are. My self-care is therapy. I do therapy about twice the, twice out the month. Um, I do support groups. So I'm always looking for ways to take care of me. I work out. Anything that self-care to me is anything that's about me that is helping me become a better person or helping me to be mentally stable. So. No, that's totally important. And, uh, you know, I like to hear what people do. It's just skydiving. I just would have been so afraid and, I don't know, I guess uh, – very interesting because you said you know you went from one spectrum to 24-hour reset to, to like just having everything flash before you and how long was the fall like right. six seconds <laughs> um you know what is the fall was not that long i feel like maybe 30 seconds and then oh, wow. they pull out the parachute and you you glide for the rest of the way and that's the fun so um, sort of like beautiful sight Yes, yes. It was so interesting seeing the world from that view, not sitting in an airplane, like just, just right. being free and out there. So it was a very – I would go again. It was a great experience. So so let me ask awesome. you this. Is there somebody out there in in the psoriasis community who maybe was like kind of like the, the person who inspired you to kind of get involved and become an advocate? Or what kind of made you get into that? you know, jump into that, that lane because, you know, you could have went the other way and just lived your life. So it was actually the National Psoriasis Foundation, um, and I have found an online support group with people living with psoriasis, and I wrote a letter called My Suicide Letter. Now, that letter um, is not about a physical death. I talked about what it was like dealing with psoriasis, how it made me feel, how it stopped me. I talked about my embarrassment, my fears, my low self-esteem. And towards the end of the letter, I talked about killing those parts of myself so that I could truly live. And I said that it would be a slow death, but eventually all those feelings would be gone. And I have literally, on accident, lived my life by that letter. Um, So someone sent it to the National Psoriasis Foundation, they invited me out to a volunteer conference, and at that volunteer conference, they had a workshop on telling your story through blogging, and I went to that workshop. I said, you know what? That's something I could do, and, you know, years later, you, I, I, I'm here. I'm in the psoriasis world, chronic illness, and being the best, best patient advocate I could possibly be. So they were the start of my advocacy work. Ah. Uh. Well then, Support. did did that did that lead you to then to help you finding your tribe, Alicia? Definitely. Um, I have so many great friends in the psoriasis community. We contact each other about treatments. Uh, we contract we contact each other when we're stressed out and we just need to talk to somebody who understands us and we may not necessarily talk every day, but anytime we're out of town at conferences or at events concerning psoriasis or chronic illness, I swear it's like a family reunion. Like you just feel so <laughs> close with 
everybody in your tribe, even though we're from all different backgrounds, we have this condition that makes us one. And I'm just, I put that on Instagram today is, you know, I'm just so happy that I've met the people I've met along, along the way, like something that I felt like ruined my life is one of the best things that has happened to me. Now, would I choose something different if I can go back? Perhaps, but I'm thankful that something I've felt so bad about is definitely turned into something more amazing than I could have ever imagined. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, Alicia, then your latest project, it also is a beautiful masterpiece. Um, you want to tell us about it, uh, the latest project that you've been done with uh, Everyday Health? Oh, yes. Um, so I did a project with Everyday Health about living with psoriasis. And so I talked about my life with psoriasis and my struggles and my battles. And I talked about different ways that I cope and get through uh, the tough moments. I also focused a lot about self-love and what that means and loving myself no matter the circumstances. And so I've gotten a really great response um, from that story. It's an article as well as a video. And so I'm just so happy that I was able to be a part of that project. Um, Where can people um, just go to Everyday Health website or where can they find that? Yeah, so they can go to Everyday Health, and you can search for my name, Alicia Bridges, and my story will come up. Or you can also go to my blog at com, and the story is on there as well. Awesome. Well, then, so tell us, Alicia, what's next for you? What, what's, what's in store? What's your next big project or next big plan? Um. Well, I definitely plan on next year doing a lot more speaking engagements and um, sharing my story with more people. I'm really interested in getting in front of researchers and doctors, especially concerning um, minorities living with chronic illnesses such as psoriasis, because I feel like there's a gap there and there's so much that's missing between uh, what we know about minority health and I feel like as a African-American patient, I can really bridge that gap and really bring a better ideal of what it's truly like to live with this condition as a person of color. Because we do have unique challenges that I feel are really missed um, in the medical world. So I'm hoping that I can bring some insight to that. Uh, such amazing work. Amazing work, Alicia. Well, thank you. With that. Yeah, with that, Robert and I want to thank you so very much for coming on and sharing a little bit of your life and an experience of living with psoriasis. And, and hopefully our viewers or our listeners, I mean, are going to, going to walk away today um, with a little bit better understanding of, of, the, of the condition and what it's like to live with it. Thank you so much, Alicia. Thank you for having yes, me. Thank this you. has been so great. Thank you. And we- and we can't wait to see you at Healthy Voices this year. Woo! Yes! I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, we're and super, super excited. Speaking of Healthy Voices again. Yeah, speaking of Healthy Voices again, well, um, we, uh, the applications are open now, uh, healthyvoices.com. Applications are due are open until, uh, what was the date, November 18th, right, Robert? November 18th, yes, yes, yes. And the conference itself is from uh, April 24th to the 26th, and it's in Dallas. Beautiful, beautiful hotel. And it's going to be and in Dallas. 
it's my favorite conference, so people have to go check it out, fill out your applications, and come online. And again, um, Alicia, I just want to say thank you again for coming on, and like Brady said, shining your light on us and, and just kind of teaching us things um, that we don't know, you know, and, and, and kind of just sharing your story for those who maybe are newly diagnosed and, or, or just experiencing these things. And they have to go to your website, aliciaembridges.com, and, and definitely reach out to you. And I just want to say thank you so much and that we love you. Yes, I love you all, too. Thank you so much for having me. And you, you two do such a great job with the storytelling and to getting the word out there about all of us living with different chronic conditions. So I really appreciate that. Oh, thank, well, you, thank you so much. There you have right. it. Thank you uh, to our guest, Alicia M. Bridges. You can go and check out her information. You can follow her on Instagram. You can follow her on Twitter at Alicia M. Bridges. And Facebook is at Alisa M. Bridges number two. Um, so go check her out. Check out her website, the blog post. There's so many things that she's involved in. There was an art thing that I saw with orchids, and her, and she was beautiful, beautiful. It's, it's yes. amazing. So, yes. Brady, another great show. I'm excited for, you know, the rest of the season. People got to stay, t- stay tuned. Absolutely. They have to stay tuned. It's an amazing patch season this, this year. So, uh, so stay tuned. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.